Hello, welcome to the Charity Impact Podcast, where we aim to help you increase your charity's income and impact by sharing the experience and expertise of our guests. I'm Alex Blake, your podcast host, and I'm joined today by Howard Lake, founder of UK Fundraising, the news and community site for professional charity fundraisers, established way back in 1994. So it's a site I've been using myself for many, many years. And the company also provides digital fundraising consultancy and a great series of live online training courses. Howard's kindly offered our listeners a 15% discount for all of those courses. So you just use the code KEDAPOD15, or one word, when you're checking out. I'll put the details on the website as well, though, because I know it's a bit tricky to follow sometimes on the audio. So the courses are typically 90 minutes, delivered by experienced trainers, they're packed with practical advice, so delegates leave with ideas and actions to implement and test straight away. And the courses include a range of fundraising topics, including gift aid, starting a major donor campaign, creating images and video for greater impact, how to fundraise online on a shoestring and more. There's new courses coming this year, including how to move from fundraiser to CEO and recruiting and retaining fundraisers. So it's a good mix there, depending on what your fundraising training needs are. So as I said, I'll put the link to the website on the webpage for this episode and also that discount code, which was KEDAPOD15. Uh, so that's for 15% discount. And I'll stick it in the show notes as well, so you can just click through straight from your podcast app. And today we're going to be discussing Howard's latest venture, which is Giving X, which has the ambitious aim of growing giving on a massive scale. So welcome to the podcast, Howard. Thank you very much, Alex. How did I do with the intro? Was I accurate? Absolutely, yeah, spot on. So very, very good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> good. So Giving X, where did this idea come from? What's the sort of background to it? It kind of dawned on me, and as it has with others, um, but probably about sort of four or five years ago, having been in, in the early days of digital fundraising, I really hoped then that that was going to transform giving, level the playing field. We would all have access to all these fabulous tools. This was 1994 when I set up UK Fundraising. So even back in about 92, 93, when I first started this research, I thought, brilliant. I have no idea how it's going to change, but I know it will change fundraising hugely. 30 years on, um, have we managed to grow giving? Probably not. Um, if you look in the UK and the US, the average household income, or based on the average household's donations, they're not going up. Uh, they've pretty much plateaued for the, at least the last 10 years. And it's a frighteningly narrow number of people that actually give to charity that sustain most charities. So that is rather galling after thinking that digital was going to solve many of our problems. Um, so I started looking around. Who else is looking at growing giving? And not growing giving for the bigger charities, growing giving that lifts all charities. And I accept that's a really naive question. Where can we all get more money? Everyone wants to know that. But I really couldn't find many people focusing on it. Um, there was lots of efforts focusing on particular channels. How can we enhance this? So I set up Giving X about four, four years ago originally in its original form. So pre-COVID, and one of the plans to do that uh, was to find maybe one or two organisations or groups or individuals that had a plan, not just a plan, but a product that could generate a massive source of new and sustainable income. And the big reveal is I've not found anyone in five years. There's one or two exceptions, which I'm happy to, to explain. But 
maybe that's because I am asking the wrong question, but it's a question I'm prepared to ask because I really would like to retire thinking we really have explored every possible opportunity and also not missed any. That's my other concern with, with fundraising. Have we stuck in our safer, reliable channels and approaches or have we missed something potentially very big? Yeah. And I guess there's, so this is looking at it as a sector issue rather than any one organisation, isn't it? So do you think those those ideas, what sort of individuals or organisations do you think they might come from? Do you think it might be some of the sort of leading fundraising charities or do you think it's more like tech entrepreneurs or, you know, that sort of thing? That's a really good question because I think it, it's not just the charity sector. Uh, the charity sector is A, being emulated by so many other organizations and individuals say apart from social enterprises there are many businesses now that effectively that claim to have a, a social impact and deliver so there's, there's a huge blurring so i'm not right from the beginning going to focus just on charities my guess is the solution or what solutions will come from outside the sector could be wrong but i'm trying to be as agnostic as possible i suspect when i see the, pr- the plan the product that I, I probably will recognize it or i hope i will others will. Uh, yeah and, and just going back to your point around the sort of giving trends I guess the the headline is that as you say it's just not grown it's certainly not grown in line with inflation over the years so what are some of the sort of key trends do you think that we need to be aware of or that kind of relate to this? I think it's more more the trends in in need um, and on the assumption that more need is going to cost more money where's that money coming from? And if you would just look at climate crisis, let's not take into account all other things, um, sort of post-COVID recovery, mental health issues and challenges. Where's the money going to come from? I have no solution to that. And I know lots of other people are asking this, but it is, we need a substantial source or sources or methods of, of new income, probably just to maintain our position at the moment, which is not enough. Yeah. And do you get a sense of why... It's a difficult question, but maybe you have some thoughts on that. Why isn't giving growing and why is it that, you know, there's such a proportion of people that just aren't giving at all? Have a, a sense of what those reasons might be? There are a whole lot of better researchers than me uh, that look into this um, and actually have, have the data on it. It's a mixture of misunderstanding charity. And there are plenty of people that benefit and rely on charitable services that don't give. And fine, that's that's their a right not to give. but So there's a misunderstanding of charity. There is obviously financial challenges, but until very recently, all the research seemed to point to the fact that income did go up in crises. Okay, we've not had three back-to-back mega crises or perma-crisis than currently. I think it's a lot of different reasons. That's why it is so hard to tackle. It's not just something, one thing to fix. It's a mixture of, of all kinds of things, trust and confidence, obviously political background, um, culture wars, and so on. But but many, many more things. And also happy to say fundraising sector as a whole, and I am one of those. I've been in the sector for over 30 years. Maybe we could have done things better. Maybe we haven't understood donors' needs, donors' motivations as much as we could and should. So it's a horribly complicated complaint. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned you've been looking at, at this idea and you set up Giving X four or five years ago. You mentioned there were were a couple of exceptions. What are those exceptions that you've come across so far? I mean, I've looked at all kinds of different ways of where this activity might happen. 
obviously some of them are going to be private. There could be businesses working on on such a thing, and we don't hear about it until it launches. Um, there was one very good incentive prize, which has run for the last two years, which I saw, which had a global focus. It focused on some of the larger NGOs and their fundraising problems. So in that sense, it wasn't encompassing everything. But some one or two good products have, have certainly come out of that. So incentive prizes like the X Prize and even the prize that went back to Lindbergh flying the Atlantic. These are that might be one way to inspire giving. Um, and for people that don't know, what's the X Prize? The X Prize is a series of prizes that designed to inspire sudden rapid development um, towards a particular goal. So they cover wide variety of things. So it can be medical, it can be environmental. So yes, have a look at XPRIZE. Um, they've been going for quite a while and they have quite a range of, of social good activities. And they yeah. know that XPRIZE can also, as well as there being one winner, one of the benefits of an incentive prize is lots of people are working to the same goal and it has to be a very clearly stated goal. And the benefit of that is that you get this group of like-minded people not all can win, but the chances are there is this group of people who've all shared the experience of trying to win and may then attract other funding or go on to do other other activities. So yes, I'm I'm a fan of incentive prizes. And it's a huge sum, isn't it, that the winner gets? I can't oh, remember if yes. it's like a billion or a hundred million or it's a really significant. Yeah, they are all, are all quite different depending on what what the project is and who's funding it. There are usually major donors behind behind the funding funding. So yes, that's that's one one approach, and there's and but the one that focused on philanthropy is was a separate prize set up from within the charity sector. Can you remember some of the like what the winning idea was, or some of the ideas that you saw on that one? One of them last year was actually growing the number of people that can fundraise that are trained in fundraising. So it was okay. a global view. What I will do is I will dig out a link and share it with you, so it can go in in the notes to this. Um, but yes, so in a way, not. Not necessarily advanced. Um, the world needs better fundraisers and more of them. That's definitely one opportunity, um, and that's what won the prize. The prize last year. Yeah, it, it's difficult to think of what the sort of winning idea could be. I think for me, at least, anyway, yeah. I'm not that imaginative. But yeah, whether it's, uh, I suppose, something like that feels like. I suppose if you do it on a huge scale, then it's a big thing. But it feels more of a sort of incremental improvement yeah. rather than a like here's the big huge new idea that transforms things and maybe that's fine maybe you just need some significant initiatives that move things forward rather than necessarily a big bright shiny tech thing that <laughs> that's absolutely know. and i'm the first to admit it's not going to be a big bright shiny tech thing because that really probably would have been discovered by now i mean if it yeah. is Fabulous. I have no problem with that. But it's not. It's going to be something quite straightforward. And if it's got a scale, it's got to be quite straightforward. Mm. So, yes, no shining white, white, uh, shining (laughs) uh, knights in shining white armor coming coming to our rescue. It's going to be small and practical uh, with the ability to scale effectively and sustainably. Easier said than done. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you learned so far from the sort of research and conversations that you've been doing? Who are the people working on growing giving overall have you been able to identify who some of the kind of key players are if there are any on that 
There are. I think people approaching it from so many different ways, which is healthy. That's that will uncover some benefits. And as you say, if they're incremental, so be it. That's it. Or my only concern is what I'm and what I'm trying to focus on is something that brings about change quickly on the grounds that we don't have 50 years, 100 years to uh, to grow giving on a on a scale because we will be ever further behind in meeting need. So, I mean, there's also kinds of fabulous rethinking philanthropy going on. There's the Beacon Fellowship, who are, who churn out huge amounts of really useful res, uh, research and reports. And their, their focus is on growing high-level philanthropy, really, as a major giving. It is, yeah, which is absolutely one thing, you know, stick with what we know, a major source that can, that can apply to all organisations. Uh, almost any organisation may well attract a major donor. Activity within the grant-making sector, how can they be better grant-makers? How can they make it more just and fair? on a global scale to support other grant makers in other countries as well. So yes, there's lots of go- lots going on. Some of it may not have the focus of, of trying to grow giving. It may just be to improve the quality and the effectiveness, which is fine. But yes, it's it's who who is growing giving on a massive scale and who who's working on it now. That's, to put it bluntly, my, my focus. And yes, I've not yet found it, but I keep asking and talking to people. So who knows, maybe someone... Someone listening to this podcast will be uh, working yeah, on just, yeah, just a solution. Yeah, I think, as you say, there are lots of people taking different approaches and, you know, kind of working in one way or another to try and, I suppose, yeah, lots of them are maybe more about improving what we currently do rather than necessarily thinking about that sort of really scaling at a transformational level or, you know, significantly increasing the amount, like, as you say, a lot of the stuff in the, Grant making sector is about improving how people do things, improving the processes, which I think there is a net financial gain there, but it's not like, you know, 10x in the amount of money that's going out. It could also be un- unblocking as well. We know there are blockages and we've regularly encountered them um, over my 30 years. I remember when all charities had to pay VAT on uh, donations via text, via SMS. So that was one, a battle worth winning. Same with gift aid. We hear each year how much gift aid is is being left unclaimed for all kinds of reasons. So is it that? Is it effectively a number of blockages together if we could fix those, which may at a certain level involve legislation, which obviously gets complicates it. So yes, it could be just an unblocking of a known problem that has not been not yet been tackled. So so many different angles. I put quite a few of these together. So I did write a white paper on this back in 2019. So again, I'll share share the link to that. So there are about seven or eight different possibilities that I suggested where this kind of activity might happen. And the other one is, is yeah, kind of luck, serendipity. It could well be a, a fintech, financial technology uh, product, not built for giving, but actually which you or I or someone else in the sector would look at and think, Wow, that's very close to to being a, a new source of giving or a new source of income with with some tweaks and so on. Yeah, it's such an interesting challenge, isn't it? Because there are, I suppose, any of those sort of tech solutions, I think, are about are primarily going to be about making it easier for people to give. You know, it's about that sort of you know making it easier to you know whether it's kind of coming out of your payroll or whether it's you know having a really cool app that kind of gives some kind of incentive and motivation and is really easy to use there's a really good one from the 
UN World Food Programme called something like Share the Meal. Yes. Came across it on Alberto Legi's podcast. He had the guy on. That's So that's really cool in that it's you can kind of choose where you're donating and it has this kind of stories and then you has the kind of uh, the slider thing that kind of shows, you know, you've bought this many oh, meals yes. and it's yeah. kind of, you know, really low price points. I think, you know, there's, so there's stuff like that feels like it yeah. already exists. You know, there are, there's probably not as much of that stuff as you might think would mm. be useful to have. And there are obviously lots of, you know, things like Just Giving that have been around for ages. Yes, which have, yes much easier than doing the old paper sponsorship forms and things yes yes like that stuff so i I don't particularly see where the tech side comes in it's almost like it seems like the problem is something around convincing more people to give or you know people to give i suppose it's it's convincing more people to give isn't it because actually i think the people that already give are giving more i think that's the sort of trend from the calf's giving report isn't it yeah yeah so it's whether it's that sort of educational piece and the you know it's it's difficult because you when the mainstream media is quite negative towards the charity sector when you have all these kind of hatchet jobs in the you know kind of mainstream places like the telegraph and times and things and then the government also not not necessarily being the the most helpful for any sort of charitable philanthropic organization to try and then you know kind of win over the public when you're up against those kind of huge machines of media and government is yeah quite a big ask isn't it so it is is. i wonder how much how much of this government has a part to play in both in terms of championing the sector and, and philanthropy but also as you said some of that sort of regulatory stuff like more tax incentives for giving you know, making gift aid easier and things like that. Yeah, it might be that. Or taking the other view, um, stepping away, getting out of the way. I don't have an answer. But yes, you're right. It, it's almost, it, whatever it is, it's got to work for donors, for people. And it may be different. It may be different in each country. I accept that. Um, so that's another yeah, challenge. Yeah, I suppose I'm thinking very much uh, from a UK perspective. Yeah, but yeah. of course, globally, me, me it will be yeah. it will be very different again, won't it? Yeah. So yes, it, it's it, in many ways a really, really daft question. Where can we all generate more income? <laughs> but but I'm happy to be the fool that, that stands up and asks it and see what comes of that. If nothing does, so be it. The question's been asked and asked of a lot of people. But I hope somewhere, somewhere we will come across a few people, very, very smart people, building something that can t- try to address this rapidly. Oh, yeah. And um, what were in that white paper you mentioned there were seven kind of ideas that you put forward but are there any that we've not covered so far no it was was looking at it was accepting that ideas may come from different different sources so traditionally fundraising tends to have developed its own ideas or which includes copying from commercial sector so direct mail direct marketing was was such a big activity then in came telephone fundraising and uh, the sector applied its own approach to that I think the sector is so broad now, or doing good for, for purpose, however you want to describe it, is now so not limited to charities. Uh, people can do it themselves, people can do it through other groups, people can buy products, whatever. I think you have to take a much, much broader broader view. So is it coming from the sector or is it coming from outside? My guess is outside, but I'm certainly not going to ignore the sector. 
And actually, none of this, incidentally, is, is criticising fundraisers. Having been a fundraiser for all my life, I know how resilient, clever, sharp, effective they, they are, um, often against the odds. So it's not a critique, um, except where some fundraising practices have been uh, less than uh, less than good. <laughs> I, uh, that's, a, that's a mix, isn't it? Yes. Uh, please excuse this brief interruption. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast and to ask a small favour. The whole point of the podcast is to help people working for social impact by sharing the experience and knowledge of our awesome guests. Please can you help by letting people know this free resource is worth a listen. A great way to do this is by taking a few seconds to give us a rating in your podcast player. You can just click the five stars and that would be amazing. Or if you could write a few words to say what you like about the show, that would be even better. The link ratethispodcast.com slash charity will take you to the right place and show you how to do it. That link again is ratethispodcast.com slash charity. If there isn't a rating option where you listen, you can always give us a shout out on social media. Thanks for listening. Okay. Is there anything else you would point people towards in terms of further reading around this? Or if, if people wanted to kind of explore the question further where, where might you point them towards as a starter because there wasn't much that i could find i would suggest having a look at uh, yes yeah, so i have a look at the white paper that i i share there are a few i think there are a few links to resources there or certainly examples that people can have a look at so obviously it hasn't been updated it makes a reference to ai and that's one area we haven't really covered which yeah if you want scaling and low cost scaling then ai is going to be part of it that's almost a given. So otherwise you don't get global rapid low cost scale. So AI may well be it. I mean, that's kind of stating the, the very obvious six months after ChatGPT arrived. I think there've been enough fundraising companies working, sort of digital companies working on AI for, for years now. I mean, it's been the topic of conversations at conferences way before COVID. So it's not new. So anyway, other places to read. I'll try and think of a few other other resources. Um, I think the people behind behind XPRIZE, so Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamandis, I think some of their books quite quite interesting. Abundance, I think, and bold, just different ideas of exponential of time, living and working in exponential times uh, with change happening at such an, a pace, and does give opp- opportunities for new ways of, of thinking and doing, or at least testing them out. Yeah, I heard Peter Diamandis talking on the Tim Ferriss shows. Really yeah. interesting, I think, and that's where I heard about the X Prize from. Originally, yes, I think. Yeah, I think that was where yeah. I first heard it from. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, AI. Yeah, is another interesting <laughs> topic that we get. We yes. kind of get into. I mean, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I suppose at the moment a lot of the debate is around like Chat GPT and stuff, isn't it? Because yeah. that's kind of what's in the public view the most and what we've all been kind of playing around with and that's doesn't feel like it's particularly going to change the world because it's like a lot a lot of the content's crap isn't it it's kind of you know it's the speed is amazing it's great that it can kind of create this stuff really quickly but uh, i mean there's the inaccuracies are worrying but apart from that it's just not very well written you know if you uh, get to draft some you know i suppose it's seems to be that it works well so i suppose it works well for like for example with the podcast i can get it to there's a, a sort of podcast specific version of it 
so it's good for like suggesting episode titles maybe just doing the show notes because it's kind of a very brief description of here are the things we talked about but if you asked it to write a really insightful article about the topics we discussed it doesn't give the any depth you know it's just kind of they talked about this and then they talked about this and then they talked about this so yeah i don't know i mean obviously there's much kind of smarter AI stuff that's doing things that we're kind yes. of not really talking about as much, which you'll know much more about than I do. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, like what the thing will be, you know, the kind of the fundraising thing. Yeah. I suppose AI, you can see how once once the thing is there, it can turbocharge it, but I don't know what yes. the thing is that it no, would be turbocharging. Fair enough. I, I agree. I think chat GPT and focusing on prompts and getting them right and what works for fundraising. I mean, that's a really, really good starter because, yes, this time a year ago, most, most people had never heard of large, large language models and so on or even thought, could it could it be relevant to me? So, yes, that's a really good starter. But, yes, I think the, the impact of AI in the charity sector is is going to be or is becoming far greater than that it's the number of people who are already using these tools because they could you don't have to go on training courses and they're free well they were were free back in uh, december last year I, th- I think the really i mean if, if i had to pick one i'd just say it's it's the effectively the, the personal assistant version that effectively helps save you time if we could save every fundraiser half a day a week one day a week from the dull repetitive manual activities they do what does that free us up for yeah, 166,000 well, ch- charities in england and wales okay most of yeah. them are voluntary and the small there are many smaller yeah. ones yeah yeah that, that's, all, that, uh, that's close that's that's pop- some people are already saving reporting saving substantial amounts of time uh, yeah it definitely does doesn't it it's then like, taking advantage of that time isn't it because often yeah. there's a you know the Times created, but then does it necessarily increase productivity? Because no, you, know, no. you don't see the the kind of impact of it in that way. No, I mean it may lead in a different direction. It may lead to the four day week because we can actually do four days work in five, courtesy of, of a personal assistant. I would just focus on that. That's a direct benefit to all those solo sole fundraisers, particularly mm. at small organisations yeah. yeah, yeah. or new organisations who would just love to have. To be able to recruit a you know a, a human a person to help yeah. them a second fundraiser if you view it like that and work and look at the tools that can do that which are being brought in anyway into all the tools we use every day microsoft and so on and google yeah that is transformational and that might it that might be it that might be the biggest best thing you can do make all fundraisers more effective and more efficient so they have more time for more fundraising yeah. or rather yeah, better, I think, better fundraising? Yeah, I think definitely all of those sole fundraisers out there at smaller organisations, you know, there are lots of things where they can save time with those sorts of tools because where you are doing a bit of everything, then, you know, those sort of email subject lines or, you know, event <laughs> yes. descriptions that, you know, there's tons of stuff where you, you've just got a little bit of a mental block and you can speed up the process, definitely. Have you come across any any sort of good examples of fundraisers using AI at the moment that are maybe go beyond saving time? Have you seen anything where people are finding ways to, in any way, kind of, I suppose, create new, whether it's new products or whether it's just, I suppose, yeah, just doing something other than using it as a way of saving time? So I'm just curious about how people are using it. I will give you an example which doesn't quite answer that, but it's the one that got me onto ChatGPT about five hours after it was released. I saw a UK 
business person who had used, and it wasn't ChatGPT, but had used um, generative AI to help an individual who couldn't and didn't have writing skills, but he'd set up his own gardening business. And he had, but he was really not very good at writing to prospective clients or thanking prospective clients or billing them. So what this guy did was just create this tool that took the poorly worded text of some of these messages and then just outputted it back into standard, you know, business-friendly text immediately. So the, the, the guy with a gardening business just didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to learn. He didn't have to go and find funding to go and get extra education or something. The tool changed his content and understood it accurately enough to make him to let him run his own business. So I looked at that and thought, how many charities could benefit from something like that? You've got to be obviously. There's all kinds of issues. Um, if you're talking, if you're a medical charity or anything, there's certain thing, many things you can't use it for. But that kind of standard, basic level of being able to run a business to generate the, the message, the text appropriately and you know convincingly, that I that opened my eyes to what was possible. And that was then. That was you know whatever late early morning on first first of December, the day after ChatGPT launched. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things develop over yeah. the next however many, uh, I mean, days Six and weeks months. perhaps that's, that's, in the, yeah, in it the is. Uh, world it's, it of, it is that time. of AI and stuff. But, but yeah, yeah, over the next year or so as well, because I think there yeah. are different directions it could go in in the way it's got that potential to, that sort of exponential potential in terms of what's, yeah. what's going to come, but also it has the potential to just regurgitate loads and loads of bland content and yeah. you know then yeah. and for it not to be used in clever ways but in lazy ways and then that always yes. then i think on uh there was a good episode from charity digital on their podcast uh just recently talking about the content bots and saying potentially is it going to almost start cannibalizing its own kind of stuff because it's you know, it's kind of creating this this kind of poor content that then people are going to be using for their blogs and things. And then when it goes and crawls to find answers to questions, it's going to be finding this stuff. And so it's almost like the content just gets worse and worse in this spiral. Yeah, um, absolutely. More. That is that is a, a real concern. Um, what does it base its 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 content on and its understanding? Yeah. It has understanding. Yeah. And of yeah. course, then it brings in all those questions of bias and things like that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, um, huge but, amounts, and you yeah. and you could argue that charities have to have a role in that. Now's the time. If you wait, if you wait for six months, a year, not all charities, but definitely the charity sector needs to have a voice in the in the kind of regulation and governance. And there are people working on that, um, which is great. Um, I think I will I will stop us from doing like a whole separate <laughs> episode on AI. Yes. Uh, yes. Maybe another time, but I'm probably not the yeah. best person to host that <laughs> conversation by a long way. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll probably wrap up there. So it's, it's been yeah. all about giving X today. So listeners, if you have ideas on this, presumably Howard will love to hear from you. We'll share some, some links and further reading and stuff like that on the website so you can explore some of that. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we'll share the link to those training courses, uh, with that discount code those various different fundraising topics. I know there's a, a bunch of really good trainers there, so I definitely recommend checking those out. Howard, is there anything, any final comment, request to the listeners, anything at all that you want to add at the end? I would say 
do try and if anyone has ever had a, an idea that, that can grow giving, um, I'd love to hear it. And as I said, I'm the one that's asking the daft, naive question. So don't worry. I would just love love to hear your ideas. Maybe you stumbled on something or know someone who's working on it. I would love to hear anyone working on a product that has the ability to grow giving on a massive scale, not just for one charity, but for all. Yeah, I mean, we uh, yeah we should encourage people to just share stuff openly on social media when we get this episode out and we, we mm. share the link to it. I will yeah. ask people to share any thoughts and ideas and things they've seen because I suppose the the benefit of that is that then other people see it and think, oh yeah, yeah. actually, and what about this? And it it can get that conversation going a little bit, hopefully. Yes, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not an easy question. To no, answer. it's not. It's so, a very um, broad broad topic. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Howard. That was really really interesting and Thank i you, hope Alex. that we do hear some good ideas from people I'll be keen to <laughs> yes. keep listening uh, keep watching closely and see what comes from it brilliant thank you alex thank you for listening to this episode of the charity impact podcast thank you for giving us your time and attention i know how precious a resource time is i hope you enjoyed the show if i could trouble you for a further two minutes of your day i'd love to hear from you you can leave a review on your podcast player via ratethispodcast.com charity You can engage with us on LinkedIn and Twitter, just search Charity Impact Podcast, or search Charity Impact Podcast in your browser to find our website where you can email me directly and you can subscribe to our email list for the opportunity to submit questions for me to ask upcoming guests. You can also find all the show notes and the previous episodes and links to resources that our guests have recommended. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening.